welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. Hello and welcome back to Generation Ag. It is Kayla here today. I am recording from the family farm in Queensland, which is always just the best place to hang out. So let me introduce you to today's guest. Claudia Bryant grew up near Gunnedah in New South Wales. While studying a Bachelor of Rural Science at UNE, she was the recipient of the Russell Harland Memorial Scholarship, which signed her on for 12 months work in Western New South Wales for local land services based in Broken Hill. It was here that she fell in love with rangelands agriculture and working with farmers, particularly in helping them improve their business and pasture management. Over three years in this role, she has had a diverse range of opportunities and experiences that motivated her to seek out how she could become a farmer and business owner for herself. While investigating, she found that support and good advice was limited for people in her position, a big reason for this being the lack of financial literacy and business skills of many in agriculture. This grew her passion for wanting to create a business to improve this and build her dream job. Farm Life Plan was the result. Through this platform, she teaches business and financial literacy skills to young and future farmers wanting to make better decisions with their money to fast track their path toward their dream rural lifestyle. She has big plans for this business and is quitting her job to work on it full-time remotely from Africa for four months from October 2023. We're very excited to see Claudia's journey. Here she is. Claudia, welcome to the Generation Ag podcast. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) You're very welcome. Claudia, could you just quickly tell us where you are, what you see outside, what the weather's like today? Yeah, so I'm currently sitting in a horse truck next to my parents' place, which is my bedroom. Um, so it's pretty warm in here. It's a nice, sunny, warm day, which is good. We um, The lawn was looking pretty average without any sun, so it's nice to see a few shoots coming back and sign that warmer time's ahead. I hope not too warm, though. Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> I've just been in Queensland this week um, from – and I live in Canberra, so this has been a vast transition for me this week. So we need a slow, slow shift into summer would be great. <laughs> Um, Claudia, we always start in the same place, and that is for you to tell listeners who are you and what is your connection to agriculture? Yep. So my name's Claudia Bright, as we just said. Um, So I grew up on a farm near Gunnedah, New South Wales, so between Gunnedah and Mullally. Um, And so we had a fairly decent-sized family farm where we ran a bit of everything. Um, So I grew up on the farmer's classic farm kid you know always wandering around outside and that sort of thing um and so that's but that was really what started my connection to ag um and then it's always just continued from there in terms of I was really interested in ag and science at school and so just sort of followed that through until you know I ended up studying it and working in it from there amazing and we will get into all the detail about that uh, on the journey, but let's let's deep dive into the childhood on the farm a little bit. Tell us about what it's like. Did you have siblings? What did you get up to? Yeah, so I have two siblings. Um, I'm the middle, and 
Um, my older sister's a fair bit older, so she didn't spend a lot of time on the farm. But me and my little sister were really, really into the farm. Um, we rode horses, so um, that was that was a lot of our childhood was riding horses. That was how we spent a lot of our weekends. Um, yeah, we my we had a bit of everything. So we had sheep, we had crops, we had cattle, we had all different stuff at all different times. And my dad's life is the farm pretty much. So we would go out on the bikes with him and have a look around. And there's lots of really cool photos of us as kids on the farm, which was really, really good way to grow up. Couldn't agree more. Do you guys still have a farm in the family now? Yeah. So my family farm had to be sold in the early 2000s. My dad has the classic succession horror story. Um, so he inherited the farm and then um, his his dad was secretly in a really significant amount of debt. And so from there, that meant pretty much immediately after he inherited it, they had to sell everything. Um, and we just happened to have, he had bought, a little block of land next door to the family farm on his own, which is where they built the little shed house, which is why I live in a horse truck because we only have two bedrooms. So that's how that goes. But that little block of land actually gave my dad the opportunity to start a business still based around farming. So he um, he only owned that 80 acres, but there was some blocks nearby that he managed to lease and started a business um, tr- essentially taking a heap of different grains and mixing them into mixes for pigeons, parrots, finches, like really niche mixes of grains. And so he would grow the really hard to source ones and buy the rest in, value add them by cleaning them and mixing them and then sell them directly to Sydney. So he had a truck and would drive them himself. So through doing that, he built up a business over time and still got to farm and we were still involved on the land for basically our whole lives, but just had that small block. And then over time they've built up and now bought um, another block of land just down the road. So they're slowly building back up. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Entrepreneurs. I love it. That's awesome. How did you, um, all throughout that time that you obviously talked about always being interested in agriculture and rural sciences and that sort of stuff, was that always the case from a young kid? Were you always going to be in agriculture? Um. I would say I was always interested, like, you know, I love animals. I love rocks. Like I'm my, uh, like lots of people in generations of my family have been farmers and have been really um, quite no more than the average person about rocks and things like that. So I grew up actually going fossicking and looking for, you know, like I've got, you know, giant wombat teeth and, you know, crystals and all these random things that um, I've had a lot of um, interest in growing up and being around. So I was always interested in all of the things that kind of fed into agriculture. And when I was in high school, I was showing cattle, which I was really interested in, which probably got me more keen on the really practical side of it because from the, my dad was growing grain, but like we didn't have enough area that I ever had to drive a header there or drive a tractor. Like he would be like, I'm soaking it all up as much as I can. I've only got this one paddock, so I'm going to make the most of it. And so from a practical perspective, showing cattle got me really interested in it. And I, the some people that I showed cattle for were really, really technically strong and taught me a lot about cattle and 
breeding and all that sort of, and the showing part and carcass competitions and things like that. So that got me really interested in the practical aspects. So it was a logical sort of step for me to keep studying ag and go and study rural science. But I actually didn't go into it with the intention of being a farmer because I just had this sort of negative light of what that life looked like in terms of, um, you know, my parents didn't have a huge farm the whole time, but even after selling the family farm, they still had to repay all those debts after that. So it's really been 15 years probably even since they sold the farm, they were still dealing with the consequences of that. And so that obviously caused quite a negative light of farming. And I hadn't really been involved in any really like profitable farms or seen an alternative of what farming was and the way I think people talk quite negatively about agriculture in general, like they're, they're talking a lot about how hard it is and that sort of thing more than they are talking about the really positive things that you can do with it. So I wasn't always going to necessarily um, come back to a farm or be interested in having my own farm, but I was always interested in ag and was pretty content with the idea of working in ag but possibly never owning a farm of my own. Obviously, that mentality has changed a little bit over time, um, but I'm intrigued about that because, yeah, you're right. Like you certainly have had probably, I suppose, a cautionary tale in terms of all your family has at the very least in terms of, um, yeah, I suppose how things can go wrong or at the very least not as planned um, and it can have knock-on effects for the generations to come after. Um, you, you made the decision after school to go off to uni uh, and study ag. Um, do you want to talk to us about that time and then where your career has taken you since? Yeah, so I studied a Bachelor of Rural Science in Armadale um, and I lived at Rob College for the whole four years that I was there, which is pretty common that someone lasts that long in college. Um, but, yeah, I, I found that time studying was really positive and um, I really enjoyed getting real like rural science is a very technical degree there's lots of science it's not um probably as hands-on as other degrees and so but I liked the science and that sort of learning part of it but I think more than anything that time was really valuable to see something a bit different so even things as little as you know having a formal dinner at college is actually a really pretty mind-blowing experience when you probably haven't seen that many people all dressed up nicely ever in your life or been around that many, you know, aggy people that are networking and that sort of thing. Like you wouldn't learn those skills just being back in Gunnedah, you know, like things like that. Like I found it really good life experience and get a bit of a taste of what um, professional life would be like. And, um, yeah, and probably one of the highlights for me was when um, when I was at uni, I was really lucky to go on two overseas study tours. And so one of them I got to study in Peru for a month, which was absolutely incredible. Tell us more about that because that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I just saw it advertised and went, oh, you know, that seems pretty cool. I'll just apply. And then I got in. And so it was 30 Australians from all over Australia go over to Peru and study for a month. And you do, they condense a semester from a full semester down into three weeks. And so how they do that is instead of you going through like the whole book, they sort of go, okay, 
this group will do that part, you'll do that part, and then you have to present it back and try, kind of teach the other people in the course. That's how they condense it down. And then you spend the fourth week um, in the Amazon. So that was absolutely awesome. You know, where we got to go out to some places that you wouldn't get to go as a tourist. We're a really long way out. Like it was probably four or five hours on a little boat to get to where we were and so remote to the point where they were like, asking us whether we'd um we were taking malaria tablets and we were all yeah, we were like yeah yeah we all went to the doctor and whatever and they were like you won't need them out here there's no people for a mosquito to bite and then bite you and we were like oh <laughs> that's quite interesting um yeah so that was really cool and we got to see you know there's not very many like giant river otters in the world um but we got to see maybe 10 of them out of a hundred or a thousand, however many there was, and it was just, yeah, really amazing. I've never experienced anything like it even since. And so that was really what gave me the travel bug and really sort of just got me excited to be able to travel, which kind of conflicted with what I'd kind of thought of. Like I was kind of tossing around the idea of um, going into farming, but then I was like, well, if I want to do this all the time, I'm absolutely not going to be going into farming is kind of what I thought after that. Yeah, That sounds absolutely incredible. And just, I mean, we've had guests come on here and say this all the time, which is to take every opportunity you're given when you're studying, because once life starts, that kind of stuff gets really hard to do, but you absolutely took the opportunity. How do you think, I mean, obviously you touched on then, it just changed your mindset a little bit about you know, becoming a farmer or when you were going to do that and what that looked like. Are there other ways that you think experiences like that have really set you up for your career? Yeah, I think so. I did that Peru trip and that was really, really awesome. And it was probably a really good, um, it, there's a few things that are probably quite interesting. One is that like when you start traveling, you really believe what you see on TV more <laughs> in terms of, you know, you see some beautiful landscapes and things on TV and you think, oh, yeah, well, this is a movie or this is a documentary, so it's going to look pretty. And then when you start actually seeing them in real life, you start to appreciate what else is out there a lot more because it seems really real because if that thing that you didn't think was real is real, then a lot of more other things that you didn't expect or didn't believe now are. And so it really opens your eyes to what's out there and more things. And I think it then also when you're around such diverse people and even when I was studying, I was studying biodiversity. So it wasn't specifically ag, but it was biodiversity in general and it was taught by someone who's a potato expert. Um, so he was an Aggie, but, um, yeah, they it just really sort of made you really appreciate how different farming systems worked as well, like, there was one part in Peru where they had the terraces from the top of a hill at a really high altitude down to a really low altitude and the same terrace went around and they were talking about how um, the Incan people used that to experiment. They put the same potato all the way up and then at whichever height that potato grew best, they then distributed it to those people and things like that. So just it was, yeah, it was just a really eye-opening experience and it sort of, you know, with people talking a lot about... um, Regen Ag and things where they talk about kind of going back to old ways, you kind of, that sort of thing you become a lot more open to because you've seen and heard about old practices and things like that and gone, well, actually they really did know what they were talking about, so there's probably some merit. And so it just really opens you to everything really and prepares you to 
be in the workplace and listen to different perspectives and it not seem too far out and take it on board, really. Yeah, good. I think that's good insight um, and certainly good personal reflection, absolutely. Um, talk to us about the roles you've had since uni up to sort of the role that you've got now. Yeah, so all that all that travel really kind of probably got me hyped up to just take any experience that was around. And so I saw a scholarship opportunity while I was studying um, called the Russell Harland Memorial Scholarship. And it's run by, it started West, in Western CMA and became local land services. So that area, because it's really hard to get people to work out in that region, they offered a scholarship which was pretty substantial and that guaranteed you 12 months once you finished uni in a job out there. And so that I just applied for that being like, yep, if I get it, I'll go. I don't know what I want to do after uni. I'm willing. I've never been to Broken Hill, but I'll go out there, you know. <laughs> so, um, and, and then turns out I, I got it. So I'd never been out there until the interview and it was at Cobar and I just drove out to Cobar, did the interview, got back and they're like, yep, you've got it. Do you want to move to Broken Hill when you finish? And I said, yep, okay. Um, and so that's that's where I went after uni. And that was probably something that I just fell into that I was probably meant to be. Like it was probably everything I wanted in a job without me even knowing what the job was. <laughs> like I was just young and looking for a job and that's what came up. And so my role out there is, so the role of local land services is pretty much to provide any services that can increase farmers' profitability, productivity and sustainability. So that's a pretty broad description, but any way we can help, that's 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 what we would do. So, yeah, out there I was working on heaps of different projects because the region that we cover is actually 50% of New South Wales. So all the other regions are a bit smaller, but it's huge. So it's the three borders, so Queensland, South Australia, Victoria, and it goes to um, Bar Reynolds, Hilston and then um, a bit east of Brewarrina. That's the area, absolutely gigantic area. So I got to drive around, see lots of things, and it's a really unique region um, with lots it's the farming out there is really unique and probably the tightest and most welcoming communities that I've ever lived in in terms of going from Gunnedah to Armadale to out there. Like I absolutely loved living in Broken Hill and I thought the farmers out there were always really, really grateful to help and they always you know cared about you and what you're up to and that sort of thing so yeah that was a really awesome experience and we don't really specialize because the area is so big and so I got to work on you know the you know the classic extension jobs you know, delivering pastures and coaching in farm business and those sorts of things but also really unique things like working on a GPS dog collaring project and a, and a GPS um, pig collaring project so you would go out and put grain in traps to trap pigs, knock them out, put a collar on them, similar for dogs. And so just really, really unique, diverse opportunities out there and working with lots of experts. I've I've said a lot recently when people are asking me about my business, like where did you learn a lot of this from? And a lot of it I put down to that if I'm in Canada and an expert comes to run a workshop, they're probably going to finish that afternoon and drive a few hours home, whereas out there in Broken Hill there's nowhere a few hours to just start driving so they stay overnight and hang around or you're out camping with experts and they can't get away from you and you can just talk to chew their ear off and talk to them about everything for multiple hours rather than just 
the white off in the workshop. So that sort of thing's been really awesome to teach me a lot and give me a pretty unique insight into how experts think and different farmers think and work. So that's been really awesome in that role. Um, yeah. Sounds like an incredible experience for someone so young and, you know, hats off because uh, moving out to such a remote area is, you know, a big deal when you're quite young and still figuring your life out. So I think that's awesome that you went and did that. You're still working as a local land service officer today, but you're, from what I understand, a little bit more specialised now um, in that you also are back in Gunnedah. Do you want to tell us sort of about a day in the life? Yeah, so I really, really liked the... Broken Hill area I am working in Western. I, I really like the rangelands. I would love to still be out there. Um, but I saw a job come up in Gunnedah filling in a maternity leave job, a very similar role. Um, and so I'd been interested in starting my own business and that sort of thing. But with having to cover 50% of New South Wales, I didn't have the time. I was always driving and that sort of thing. And so I decided to um, and I wanted to travel um, at some time during this year. So I went, okay, I'll move home, save some money, work on the business and go and take a different role, just do something different for a little while. And so now I work in Gunnedah as a livestock extension officer. So still doing a lot of the same things, but just not as diverse, but a lot more specialised in livestock and pastures based in Gunnedah. Yeah. Fantastic. And now... At some point along the way, an idea for a project has been bubbling al- along. Um, talk to me, before we get into the what it is, maybe let's talk about the why or the genesis for Farm Life Plan. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Farm Life Plan came about over a really long period of time. So, I've always sort of been interested in how you do things better and how you can improve and that sort of thing. And COVID was probably a big catalyst for all of it in terms of um, I'd read a lot of books about people starting businesses and how it could change their lives and lifestyle businesses and allowing people to travel and work and things like that. So like Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week is the classic example everyone gets fired up about. And I read that and went, yeah, okay, like I can figure something out. Um, And then in the background, um, I was learning a lot more about farm business and that got me really passionate about business and the technicalities of it and really interested in the challenges of it. And so, um, yeah, I was sort of open and looking for ideas for a business and I, I fiddled around with lots of ideas. You know, you hear of people selling stuff online and doing this and that and I just, it just didn't really excite me. Like I couldn't think of anything worse than after a big day at work going and doing something purely so that, you can potentially make some money in the future so you can quit. I like wanted it to be something that I would quit and be excited to get up and do in the morning. And so having been working in ag, I was enjoying that and was like, okay, I've got to find something in ag that does what I want to do. And if I'm going to quit an already good job, it needs to be something where I can do what I enjoy with people I want to work with and just really excites me. And so I really just kept an eye out for any opportunities I could learn as much as I could. Um, And that was what sort of got it all started. And over time, I started to see that all the conversations and opportunities I was having in my job were really upskilling me and preparing me and, you know, 
I had a big advantage in that role with my experience and what I and my knowledge, but there was lots of people around me, like other young people that I was talking about that weren't having those opportunities and could really benefit from knowing what I was learning about. And so I thought, well, how could I take what I'm learning and doing and turn that into a business that can help people and that's where Farm Life Plan came from. Fantastic. Now, tell the listeners exactly what your vision for Farm Life Plan is. Yeah, so Farm Life Plan has big ideas in terms of in the long term, I'd like it to be able to service people all across agriculture and um, really upskill them and help them. Really, my mission for it is I want to um, you know, increase the quality of life of people in ag through them being able to make better money in business decisions because at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, money is what makes the world go round and that is what will improve our quality of life. And so by improving a farm business and your skills within it, that you're able to create a better life for yourself and more opportunities and build, use that to build the life that you want. So like I say with this, that I wanted it to be able to you know, work remotely and travel and do those sorts of things, even within farms, if someone wants to be able to go on a holiday every year, they should be able to create that. And I want to give them the skills to do that and also a bit hype them up to do it because they're like we were saying, there's lots of people sort of going, you know, we don't, we don't farm for the money. We do it for the lifestyle. And, but you could also argue if you have no time and no money to do anything else, but be on the farm, that's not everyone's dream lifestyle. So in the long run, in the big picture, that's what I aim to do for people all across ag. Um, but right now, as to build up that business, I've started with focusing on young people because in my roles I've worked with, you know, established businesses, which can actually be quite difficult to work with because you have lots of bad habits and you have pre- a, a conception, a preconceived notion of what business should look like and what farming should look like. And no matter how much you try and argue the numbers, they, they might not do anything about it. But I wanted to be able to get, get to young people and say, here's some basics here's, so that they can set themselves up to do it right going forward. So if you don't have a farm, you might be able to save yourself a lot of pain and hardship by choosing the right farm in the first place or by having a good business plan that gets you alone and is actually possible to run on that land rather than sort of fumbling your way around and then learning on the go after you've lost lots and lots of money and struggled for years and years and years. So, yeah, it's right now I'm focusing on what I can do to help young people in ag and create that bigger vision. But in the long term, I want to turn it into something that connects people with information when they need it. So often when people have come to workshops that I've run, they are really interested and open to learning, but they're not always necessarily ready to go home and implement it. Whereas what I like about the online sort of platform is when they are ready, they can at one click, the information pops up and someone can come and see them and help them actually put it into practice when they're ready and also hold them accountable. So that's what Farm Life Plan is hopefully going to become and is on its way to becoming. Well, we wish you all the best and can't wait to see where this takes you. Uh, You're formally launching the platform really soon. Do we have a date? 
Um, no, there's no specific date. Um, I currently have a coaching group already started and they're about to finish up. So um, in the next month or two, probably in the next in the next month, um, they'll be open for the next enrolments. And so I'll be enrolling for it's a combined online course and coaching. So you work through units at your own pace, but then periodically once you finish different sections, I get online on a coaching call with you and help you put it into practice and answer any of your questions that have come up from that and really dig into your personal circumstances and goals and help you reach them. So that is opening up in the next month and we'll be taking enrolments very soon. Wonderful. And Claudia, if people want to follow your journey, follow your story or reach out to you about your program, how can they do that? The best spot to reach me is on Instagram at Farm Life Plan is the best spot at the moment, but we will be expanding onto other platforms in the future. Fantastic. And we'll obviously have the information in the show notes. And I've, we've, I've been following you for a little while now and it's um, I love watching you always post um, like tips and tricks, just little lifestyle things you can do that can help sort of influence your um, you know, ability maybe to purchase a farm in the future if that's what your goal is. So I uh, love following your story and really appreciate that you've made time to come on the podcast today. No worries. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.